There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. My name is Josh, and welcome to the machine. The prophetic words of Roger Waters and Pink Floyd as a whole, because that's what government is. It is a machine designed to enslave you. Absolutely. And, you know, and I don't think there's any doubt or question within our mind. I mean, if we start going through the, the famous books of Ayn Rand or, or George Orwell, or any of the greats that talked about a dystopian future that awaits us in the future, we begin to see that that future that they once professed has now become a reality. And, you know, I say this often, but we have ourselves to blame. We allowed ourselves to be distracted. We allowed ourselves to go down the rabbit hole and take up the cell phone, the laptop, to pull in the information that distracted us from what was really happening. And maybe that happens all the time when you have a massive overload of information that comes into the senses. I don't know. I think this is the first time in um, known human history that we've ever had this type of experience. But either way, there is an evil in the world. And this evil is perpetuating its agenda very slowly, trickling down. One institution... One domain at a time. And for a very, very long time, it is sought to destroy the United States of America. The last hope and beacon of freedom, of justice, of liberty, of truth, and sovereignty in the world. And here we are now, the year 2023. Looking out upon the horizon of the United States of America, wondering, what are we going to do? How are we ever going to correct and fix this? You know, Donald Trump last night was on the CNN town hall. They, yes, that's a communist news network. And uh, I, I, I watched the whole thing. We, we actually broadcasted it on my podcast. And as much as I love Donald Trump, I just wish that he was as sharp as he was six years ago. And I know he's getting older, but there are some facts that he could have easily have presented to shut the moderator down instantly. For instance, when the the woman was yelling at him about January 6th and, and um, how he was lying about how he proposed 10,000 troops, and she said, well, you know, Acting Secretary of Defense Miller uh, testified that that wasn't true. That wasn't true. And Trump's like, no, that, that's very true. And see, what CNN was talking about is in the deposition for the January 6th committee, Acting Secretary Miller was asked, did you give an order to the troops and National Guard to deploy, have them on standby to deploy 10,000 troops? And he said, no, that, that order was never given. That's right, the order was never given because Nancy Pelosi declined that order. But it doesn't mean that Donald Trump and Chris Miller didn't go to Nancy Pelosi and say, we have 20,000 troops for you that we can get here in Washington, D.C. if you need it. And she said, no, don't want it. 
And that's what Donald Trump is saying, is we offered 20,000 troops. Chris Miller said that, no, we never put them on standby, but they absolutely did offer them. And see, that's um, the January Select Committee handpicking the sound bites they want to put out there. And then CNN misconstruing, spinning the actual truth against Donald Trump. They also said that there was no evidence of voter fraud in 2020. Zero evidence in those states, in Wisconsin and Georgia. Absolutely not. People have went to jail already in Wisconsin for voter fraud. There is a whole scheme that was being operated by government officials that was investigated by sheriffs in multiple different counties in Wisconsin of ballot harvesting within Oak Folk homes. And the people that's names were on the ballots never voted. That was uncovered. That's evidence of voter fraud. In Georgia, we have well over 14,000 ballots that we found that were invalid, that, that people didn't even exist. Then we have the whole truth to vote information that came out. Where you have mules dropping off thousands and thousands of ballots per one person. But, you know, CNN says, oh, there's no evidence. No evidence. No, there's no evidence that you have accepted CNN. And it just got funnier and funnier. But, you know, the one thing that got me was the Mar-a-Lago raid information. Because Donald Trump could have easily, easily have just nipped that in the butt right away. She said, well, you don't have that authority. She goes, I have read the Presidential Records Act, and that's not in there. And if I was Donald Trump, I would have looked at her and says, are you a lawyer? And when she says no, I would have said, well, I have a team of very, very good lawyers who says you are wrong. As well, September 12th, 2020, I declassified them publicly, the documents, through a Twitter post. Again, on December 20th, 2020, I declassified those same documents again in a Twitter post. So I, I just wish he, he took it that level because that would have just been right in the face of CNN. I just really wish he did. But it's okay. I think he held his own. He did well. The questions, the audience was very, very pro-MAGA, pro-Trump, which was great. And, uh, you know, it, it showed America a lot of where CNN is actually aligning. And what is interesting is if you t go to the public forum of social talk, which is Twitter these days, the left are up in arms. They hate CNN right now. They are disgusted with CNN. So this is interesting. The right hate CNN, and now the left's beginning to hate CNN. So um, I would be shorting that stock if I were you. But, you know, when I talk about what are we going to do, because we're moving into 2024 really, really fast. And you and I both know that these people, if we want to even call them people, this evil cannot give up power. It cannot afford to give away power again to Donald Trump. It cannot afford to lose all of the progress they've made in the last few years. What progress is that, do you say? Well, turning the United States of America into a socialist country. Um, let me see, upending the debt in the United States, uh, going out there and massively increasing the national debt, hyperinflating the dollar, devaluing the dollar, producing de-dollarization throughout the global communities, promoting proxy wars and funding proxy wars, um, losing basically the U.S.'s power structure 
throughout the world, which I don't think is a bad thing because the way we got that was through force and coercion, through lying and deception and clandestine operations. But they're destroying America from the inside, socially, culturally. They have infiltrated academia, science. We were talking about a report that was just released the other day. And this is in Science, uh, the, the, the magazine, the, the journal Science. That 87% of all scientific papers are not true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 87% of all scientific reports and peer-reviewed studies are actually not true. They're either plagiarized, stolen data, made-up data. And this should give you a good idea of the state of science. When Neil deGrasse Tyson was on with Dell Bigtree a few weeks ago discussing the COVID vaccines, Dell Bigtree said, but we have the evidence. Look at this. We, we have this. And he goes, but you don't understand, as Neil deGrasse Tyson said. He says, it's consensus science. The consensus of scientists agree with me. Science isn't a democracy. Science requires no vote. Tell that to Copernicus, Bruno, who was burned at the cross. Tell that to Newton, Einstein, Maxwell. They would laugh at you if you told them that science is consensus. But yet here in the 21st century, in the year 2023, we have some of the most prominent scientists and researchers of our day standing up before the public and saying COVID vaccine is safe and effective because the science tells us it is and there is a consensus around that science. And what he's talking about is that the peer-reviewed studies that have come out pertaining to that science, quote-unquote, is telling us that it's safe and effective. But then we find out that over 80% of all scientific studies are plagiarized, falsified data, highly inaccurate, and not true. And why is that? Because there is a radical ideology that has worked endlessly for over a century and a half to infiltrate into our institutions, into our society and our culture and hijack what it means to be an American. Truth, justice, all of it. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back with the Dark Delight Show. And you got me, man. Yeah, Jim is driving to uh, to Florida for the Trump derail uh, event that is going on with the Clay Clark conferences. That's the reawakening tour that was in Batavia last year. And uh, so he's driving out there, a 24-hour drive, so wishing Jim the best of luck on the road there. And, you know, it, it's, it's good to have those types of events, to, to go out there and hear from different people and, and get all hoo-hoo patriotic and all this stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need solutions. At the end of the day, we need people to rise up and stop telling us the problems of the world, but instead start telling us how to resolve and how to, how to conquer the problems of the world. And see, I'll tell you, the, the, the best way to do that, the best way to understand the solutions that are needed to is uh, to understand the unity, to understand that we have to 
unite together in one common accord, one common voice. That if we go back to 1775, 1776, there is a lot of tensions being built up within this country. A lot of people didn't want to fight a war against the British because they believed that they would lose. But many men and women came together. And through that unity, they were able to defeat one of the most ruthless militaries on the planet with nothing but farmer's rifles. And this came together because of the vision of freedom, the vision of hope, the vision of having something that is our own. And you know, once again, as a civilization, we are tried with that same circumstance. And looking at the world today that we see, we can only do what's best right now for where we are at. And what I mean by that is that we have to look locally. We have to look within our, our town, our county, our city, our state. That the federal government will continue to be corrupt. It'll continue to be complicit in crimes around the world and against the American people. But if we can change, if we can modify that structure that is occurring within your local domain, then you've made the change that is necessary for future generations. And the reason I say that is because that's how they did it. They infiltrated us slowly and surely, one small town at a time, one city at a time, one state at a time. They didn't just all of a sudden wake up one day and turn on the radical left ideology and say, this is the way things are going to be. Instead, what they did is they moved slow, methodical, and strategically. They changed one word and one law. Then they changed a sentence in a law. Then they changed the whole law. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, what happens? It's when you have more laws and when you change the language of the laws, you produce more criminals. And so as you begin changing and reinterpreting laws, you create more criminals in the, in the crime that you're trying to uh, protect people from becomes more apparent. And so therefore you have to strengthen the laws, which makes more criminals. See, our founding fathers didn't think that Congress would become this bureaucratic state of lawmakers. But instead, that Congress would be utilized when necessary. That the federal government would be utilized when necessary. That two times a year they would meet and they would pass the laws that the states needed. This is why the representative from the Senate came from the state legislator was voted upon by the state legislator. And this is the sanctitude of the 10th Amendment that those rights not reserved for the federal government are reserved for the people and the states respectively. And the state is meant to be made up of the people. The people vote in the state legislator and the state legislator puts a member of Congress in or a member of Senate in. And this represents that state's interest. And then the Congress, the House of Representatives, represents the people's interest. Because it was always about the union of the states and the people who hold up the government. The government is the people. 
But that system's com- been completely obliterated. And so what we have to do is we have to look at that state and go, what went wrong here? What institutions can we take back? School boards? County boards? How hard is it to run for a county legislator position? A county board position? A school board position? And if you think there are cheating going on, know the laws. Know how to contest the laws. If you live in a small town, if you live in a small town, let's just take Caledonia, Avon, for example. If you live in a small town and you're running for school board and you know you have overwhelming support, you can't necessarily ask people who they voted for, but you can ask for a count of how many people voted for you. Say, hey, how many, how many people voted in this election? Do a canvas. Yeah, you might have to walk to 2,500 houses. But after you walk through those 2,500 houses and you find out only 1,000 people voted, and in that last election, there is 1,400 votes, you have enough evidence to start asking questions. Or written affidavits. I voted for this person. Written affidavits, signed and true and tested. And you come back and you say, hey, look, my opponent beat me by 500 votes. I got, I got 800 votes. They got 1,200, 1,400, 1,300. But yet I have affidavits signed by 1,000 people saying they voted for me. Now you know there's a problem. Now you can uncover the corruption. But you know, it's more true than not that, yes, a small town's radical ideology might try to control its interests through voter fraud, but it's a lot harder at that level because it's a small town. And so it becomes very easy for you people to go out there and serve your country, to serve the people of those towns and counties by running for office, by taking a political stance and saying, no more, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out there and do this. And you want to know what? You want to know what the beautiful thing is? Is the more of you that run, the more of you that go out there and fill the slots of being people on the ballot, the less of a chance they have to cheat. How about that? The less of a chance that they have to actually manipulate or cheat an election. Because there is only so many people registered to vote within a county. And so I urge you, get out there and run for office. Get out there and start running your political campaign to take back your state, to take back your county, to take back your town, your village. Especially the school boards. I can't stress how important the school boards are. We got a, my kids go to a school out here. The town has about 6,000 people in it. And there was some controversy because there was a book in the, the high school library that mentioned, that was about a guy's life of becoming gay. It was a biography of becoming gay. And the parents were outraged. How dare you put this in the school? Now, I have no opinion on that type of book. I don't think that books out there should be talking about these things to school. I don't think that sexualization should occur within high school or elementary or any level of schooling to where that kid is still an adolescent. 
But I will tell you that that superintendent removed that book immediately. I will tell you that the school board went out there and stopped and made sure that that wasn't going to happen again. I'll tell you that they have no room within that school for any radical ideology, whether it's left or right. And I think that that's a good thing. That schools should be nonpartisan. Schools should be a place where kids learn critical skill sets necessary for life. Leave everything else up to the parents. And if the parents are lacking in that matter, that's where community comes in. That's where family comes in. And see, that's where we also can do our part. We can also do our part by understanding our community, by understanding our neighbors, by understanding the parents that are raising children. If there's a family in your town that you know is struggling, whether it's drug addiction, alcohol addiction, extreme poverty, you know by going out there and opening your heart and helping that person, you're making the world a better place. You're showing them compassion, kindness, And that parent might not learn their lessons. That parent might not come out from the deep hole that they're in. But that child, that child will recognize it. You know, Tony Robbins, he he talks about one of the most defining moments in his life was he lived in a very poor and abusive family. And it was Thanksgiving. They had no turkey dinner. They had no feast. And a gentleman showed up at his door. And in his hand was uh, a turkey and all the fixings. And it was a local church, and they were handing out food because they had heard that they didn't have turkey dinner. I'm going to tell you the rest of that story when we get back, and hopefully it changes your mind about some things. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. And to finish that story, so Tony Robbins' father comes to the door. This gentleman's sitting there holding a turkey and and knows that Tony Robbins, his family doesn't have money and they don't have turkey dinner. And his father comes up there and says, no thanks, we don't need handouts and slams the door on the guy. And see, Tony, he never forgot that. He never forgot the disgust he saw in his father's eyes when another man was trying to give him help. And Tony grew up to be an amazing human being, multi-billionaire, came from nothing. But he goes out each year and he feeds as many people as he possibly can. Last year, he fed over a billion people, a billion different meals fed through his various different charities because he remembers that moment. And so you got to remember is that wise men plant trees that they'll never see the shade of. It's a beautiful statement, but it's true. Is that we can do better within our towns and our communities. If we see someone who is in need, we help them. Isn't that how a lot of this started in the first place? Think about the radical left ideology. It's alienation from your thoughts, your feelings, from individualism, from compassion and help and nurture. They don't want you to help your fellow neighbor. They don't want you to support one another. But that's what community is. Community is about going out there and loving each other, connecting at that heart, 
being there for each other in the times of, of great turmoil or extreme happiness. And so there's lots of ways we can all help. You can do it through your church and your community. You can do it through running for political office. You can do it through volunteer work. But we have to plant the seeds for the next generation so that they may bask within the shades of the trees that we plant. And it all starts here. It all starts today. It all starts now. That when we go about and we look at the world, we see massive problems that are arising. And these problems arise for many different reasons. But one of them is many people have left the path of God. Many people no longer turn to that voice inside them and pray. Not many people out there teach that to their children. Provide the moral and ethical structure within the household to allow their children to grow up understanding how to be a good person, how to share, how to care, how to love. If you're a parent right now of a, of a, of a toddler, or a little kid, or a teenager, you might love them. You might show them love, but have you taught them about love? Do you yourself know what love is? We assume that our, our children are getting these lessons. We assume that by showing them restraint, discipline, compassion, what we perceive to be love, that they're understanding the lesson. But if that's what we thought, thought for the last 30 to 40 years, then we were absolutely wrong because those children are now adults that are growing up in this radical ideology because they had voids within inside of them of things that were missing. So they looked outwardly to fill those voids. And waiting for them was the devil. Waiting for them was this radical ideology that told them we will fill that void for you. We can help you. Don't trust the system. Don't trust your parents. Don't trust your teachers. Trust this community. Capitalism, capitalism is bad. There is no God. You are here for yourself and yourself only and you shall do what thou wilt. The words of Aleister Crowley. So understand that this was a long time coming because we have deviated from that path of truth and righteousness. Not your neighbor, you, me, all of us individually. We can do better as human beings. We can do better as children of God. Hold that hand out and see who grabs it. Go within that community and offer your assistance, your help, your volunteerism, your service. Because that is truly the only way that we are ever going to save this country. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a year. It's not going to happen in 2024 by one man in the presidency. It's going to take decades to undo the damage that has been done by this extreme radical ideology 
that is evil in every aspect of its nature. You know, we're all to blame. And I hate to say that. I, I do hate to say that because I know there's good people out there that say, I'm not to blame, Josh. What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm a good person. Well, that might be the case. But if you're being a good person and you're seeing other people do bad, then reach that hand out. So, what happens next? 2024 is coming in fast. We know that they have a lot of tools designed to undertake us. They have a lot of weapons at the ready that are designed specifically to crumble society over the instability they have created. This is why we have social and cultural destabilization. It has nothing to do with leading the people of the left through this new radical ideology. It was all meant to produce this massive instability within our social and our cultural systems. So that when they launch these weapons against mankind, society crumbles. And they enter stage left with all the solutions. Right? Problem, reaction, solution. Produce the problem, control the reaction enter with a solution. That's who these people are. They don't care about the left or the right. They care about their power, their control. They care about their agenda. And so when the time is right, or when they face defeat, they will wage what they consider to be a holy war on mankind. It'll start with the inklings of banking collapses, Distrust within the capitalist system, hyperinflation of the dollar, radicalized spending by the government. It'll start with proxy wars around the world, where our military forces get expanded to wars that they can't fight and no longer support. It'll start with an inflow of radicalism across the border. We can't take care of our own people here in the United States of America who thinks that we can take care of illegal immigrants from other countries. It'll start with a radical ideology taking part within Washington, D.C. that undermines the Constitution, the rule of law. And from there, it'll only expand its power and its influence and begin consuming everything that we hold true, right, and free. And if you haven't noticed, all these events are already in place. All these events are already occurring. And they're culminating to, to one final series of events that will occur, which I call the firestorm event, or people call the jackpot or the poly crisis. To where the economy all of a sudden tumbles downward, takes a massive collapse centralization of the banking power and the money systems, instability within the governmental systems that cause revolution and revolt, maybe even civil war, world war that breaks out to take all able-bodied men and women who are there standing in the front of evil, to take them out 
of your cities, your towns, and your communities and send them overseas to fight worthless wars. And from that point, it's all lost. It's over. It's done. This world will be thrown into a state of chaos, turmoil, until the world government arises as the solution. A dystopian future where every move, thought, action, idea is tracked and monitored, implemented into a system, analyzed by artificial intelligence, where all access to anything that you can imagine from food to water to transportation to work becomes a controlled access system to where you have to verify and prove your identity over and over and over again. Freedoms and rights become privileges and liberty is a thing of the past. To where constitutions of men formulating government become radicalized ideology and the workings of the devil. That's what will happen if we stand and do nothing. That's what will happen if we continue to watch this unfold and do not begin to plant the seeds within our communities. Because I'm telling you right now that that process is already unfolding. That process is already happening. And we can see it. We can watch it. And I can scream all I want at the top of my lungs. I can yell as loud as I want. I can get on all the airwaves in the world and keep on warning people of this and doing my part. But yet, that makes no difference unless you choose and decide to do something as well. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back with the Dark Delight Show. And I hope you guys enjoyed the last few days. This is fun. I, I, I really, I, I love having Jim as a co-host, but it's also good to do a show by yourself every once in a while and just speak your mind, speak your truth. And isn't that what we're meant to do? Isn't that the free will that we've been ingrained with by our creator is to go out there and speak our truth, to go out there and preach to the world and tell them what we believe and what we think, no matter what the ridicule might be. That's our right. That's preserved in the Constitution. It's our First Amendment right. God gave you a gift. God gave you a voice. God gave you eyes to see and ears to listen. But he gave you a voice to let people know exactly what you think and what you believe. And, you know, James Madison, he wrote uh, Federalist 46. He wrote a lot of the Federalist Papers, but Federalist 46 is the one I talk about the absolute most. And the reason is, is because these were the four steps to curb a tyrannical and oppressive government. And the two steps are from the people, and that is disquietude. Disquietude. Yeah, no longer be silent. No longer be quiet. Stand up for what you believe in. Put these criminals on notice. Get on your soapbox and yell to the world, to everybody to hear, that we will not take this anymore. That the governments of this country are running a very, very thin line. I don't know if people are paying attention to what's happening. And 
with Federalist 46. The other one is civil disobedience, outspoken governors, and state legislation. And we have all of those happening right now in varying degrees. But I don't know if anybody's paying attention to what's happening in Pakistan right now. It's hard to understand what's happening in Pakistan because we got a lot happening here. Title 42 ends today. And we have a migrant infusion coming over the border of a direct invasion of Chinese, Northern African, Russian, and a whole bunch of illegal immigrants. We're being invaded, people. We are being invaded right now. But in Pakistan, Imran Khan, who was the prime minister of Pakistan when Trump was serving, was a friend of Donald Trump's and someone Donald Trump endorsed heavily and he endorsed Donald Trump. A few months ago, he had an assassination attempt on his life. Then he was indicted on the same day that Donald Trump was indicted in a court after a U.S.-formulated coup in Pakistan. Yes, a U.S.-formulated coup in Pakistan changed the regimes, ousted Prime Minister Khan, who still holds political power and tried to get his power back. Well, two nights ago, they arrested him. They ran into a public meeting and they arrested him with military force. Immediately after this, riots exploded all throughout Pakistan because this guy is just as popular in Pakistan as Donald Trump is in the United States. And people started going into the federal buildings, rioting, burning things down. The prime minister left the country. All the cabinet members left the country. And the Supreme Court today in Pakistan ordered his release and said it was an unlawful arrest. Now that's the people of Pakistan standing up for what they believe in. And I don't, I don't condone violence or rioting. But, and this is a big but, there's times when we have to al- remind our government that their power derives from the people. And there's no greater way to do that than through our constitutional amendments, than through our voice that can be heard, through our petition that can be seen, through our unity that can be felt and known. If they saw a united America, like Pakistan just saw. A united America saying no more. This poop show ends today. Guess what would happen? It would end today. But see, we're too busy bickering and following shiny objects in the sky and being distracted by what Dylan Mulvaney is sponsoring today, that we forget to unite on the common accord for the greatest battle of them all. And that's the battle for our freedom. Because all of that other stuff, parental choice in schools, the agenda that's taught to our children, the collapsing economy, none of that matters if the government usurps the rights, the freedoms, and the liberties of the people. If they undermine this great constitutional republic, and they've already done it over and over and over again. And they're getting more and more brave with each step of the way. Just recently, the 
the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms made a policy change stating that you can no longer own fast reaction triggers for your firearms. So much so that overnight with this policy change, they made millions of Americans criminals. And they gave people 30 days to comply. And what happened is, is they went out there, they seized the financial records of the suppliers, find, found out who was buying these triggers, and they're now visiting their houses. Last week in Congress, the head of the ATF was grilled by Congress and asked, who made this change? They said, well, we made the change and we were given these powers to make changes by Congress. And he said, no, you weren't. Only Congress can make law. Only Congress can change law. You do not have the authority to change a law just because you want to. But yet, the law still stands. The change still stands. Nothing's being done about it. And see, that's the problem here, is we got to take it through the court systems. We've got to go all the way up. I think that Congress should have a veto authority over administrative policy change. Hmm, wouldn't that be novel? That the ATF goes out there and changes one little policy, and then Congress comes together and says, nope, can't happen. Boom. Suspends it immediately right there with 100% veto power. IRS goes in there and adds the word wage into uh, Title 12. Meaning that now you have to pay taxes on your wage, which was never in there before, and it was never the original past law, by the way. And Congress goes in there and says, nope, gone, goodbye. We got a lot of work to do here in the United States of America. But I think that we can survive this. I think that we can save this republic. I think that we can bring this idea of freedom, of liberty, of justice to the world. I think that we can reunite the spark that our founding fathers once had in their minds of what this country was supposed to be and could be. We're almost there, people. I know it sounds bad, but as long as we unite and we fight, we will win. Have a great day. Take care, guys. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.